0: Both a long way from home and home at the same time, which is a weird feeling. Um, I have not been back here since I was 14, so that's about 15 years at this point. But it is good to be back. Um, I hope you, Can you guys hear me? I'm taking this off. I was told I was allowed to, so I'm going to. I um, speak a lot with my face. It's not the prettiest face, but it does speak a lot. So um, we're going to let you guys see it. Sorry about that. Um, my name is Anthony Vines I've got to pay James later for that introduction it was extremely generous Um, I one of my favorite passages they were ordinary unschooled people that had walked with Jesus and that is a more accurate description of me Uh, (laughs) and I just love that and so um, like you said I was born in Pittsburgh Uh, McKeesport, to be specific, I hear it is not as glorious as it was when I grew up in it. Um, But I won some street cred, apparently it was unlawfully given by a non-native, but still given, so I'll take it. When I asked if they still had jitneys, and um, they said, oh, you're you're from here here. And I said, yeah, I grew up in these streets, I did, and um, I am happy to be back. I'm from Atlanta. I helped lead our campus ministry down there. I love it. Um, I was baptized in the campus ministry there in 2013. I was 21 years old, um, but I was a freshman. So um, that's um, the beginning of my story, kind of. You know, there's a lot before that, but we'll get into that a little bit later in this sermon. Um, I've served there, loving it since then, um, up until about a year and a half ago when Sean Wooten came hunting for missionaries and my heart screamed um, at the opportunity. Um, it was, he, he had this line that like was unshakable for me and he said, spend one year of your life to change a nation. Wow. I was like, I can't like, ah, that's a, it's a really good line, Sean, can't shake that. Um, and so we started packing for Budapest, Hungary Started learning Hungarian and the history of Hungary. It's really sad. They've been conquered a lot. Um, And then this was all fall of 2019. And then we all know what happened in March of 2020. And everything kind of changed. And we hoped and prayed and crossed our fingers and the border stayed open and we got our visas and everything was lining up. And then two weeks before we were supposed to leave, Hungary closed their borders. And we ended up in the Ukraine. And it was honestly so God. Um, Everything happened so well. There's a pretty big church there that definitely needed some love. There are about 200 people. I know that's not that big for the U.S., but it's humongous for Eastern Europe. Um, It's one of the biggest congregations there right now. Um, And so, anyways... All that said, we ended up there. The church hadn't seen a baptism from someone met off the street since 2016. We were there for 10 months. We saw nine people baptized while we were there. Um, Three have been baptized since we left. We left in June. Um, And and the heart of the church is inspired. They're doing missions. I follow them on Instagram. I don't fully understand what's going on because they like posting in Russian, which I speak very little of. Um, Enough to order my coffee and tell people I don't want tomatoes on my food. That's kind of what I got. Um, And Those were very important things while I was there, so I learned them. Um, I wish I had learned how to say no deal. They really like deal over there. Um, Anyways, that's me. Um, The title of my lesson today is First Things First. Ask James what I should speak on. And I hope you didn't change your Bibles from Luke 18, because we're going right back there. Um, much to my dismay, because I think Mark 10 is better. But we're gonna Luke 10. We're gonna do Luke 18. Um, anyways, so you guys know this story, right? We're gonna read it um, because I like reading my Bible, but we all know this story. Um, Luke 18, starting in verse 18. And it so says the ruler asked him, good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. I've kept all these things from my youth, he said. When Jesus heard this, he told him, you still lack one thing. Sell all you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. After he heard this, he became extremely sad because he was very rich. This is a hard passage. (laughs) Um, It's rough. I think it was rough then. It's rough now. But it wasn't. I feel like sometimes we treat this passage a little rough. Um, Hopefully we can look at it a little differently today. Um, I think the first thing that we come into this passage with, is that this is a new teaching Jesus is teaching something new here, this is not a new teaching, Um, it is the Jewish people were meant to care for the poor, it is all throughout the Old Testament the second thing that we come into this passage with is a lot of judgment on this rich young ruler Um, we judge harshly we make assumptions Um, I know I do I can't speak for you, but I definitely do um and so as I was like reading this and digging through it and praying through it and reading some commentaries, um, I kind of got new eyes on it. And so I'd like to share what I found, I think. Um, that's what we do. I actually can relate a lot to the rich young ruler. Um, the reason why I love Mark 10 a little bit more is because in Mark 10, verse 21, when Jesus addresses the rich young ruler, in Mark 10, it says he loved him. Yeah. I think those words are huge for this passage, so I'm going to comment that and throw that in. Um, That Jesus looked at this man and he loved him. I would like to do the same today. Anyways, so let's start from the beginning, right? He comes asking the right questions, right? What do I need to do to get eternal life? His focus is in the right place, right? Like he's looking at, he's like, okay, what do I have to do to get this this life that you've been preaching about, to get this life to the full, to get this eternal life. What do I have to do? So first out the gate, he's asking the right questions. Secondly, he's obviously committed to righteousness, right? I don't know if I can say that I've kept all of these commands from my youth. You know, stealing I, candy was taken a lot in my house. I don't know who did it. Um, but... Uh, I was often the kid with chocolate on my mouth saying I don't know where the chocolate went. Um, Often. um, I I feel like I should have learned to wipe my mouth, but I didn't. Um, Do not not lie. I think we all lie as kids about something. And honor your father and mother. I think all of us struggled with that one. I know I did. Um, And I paid for it. But like I said, I was raised in McKeesport. Um, Anyways, if you, if you watch a certain YouTube channel, you'll get that joke. But um, anyways, that, like, these, are, these are hard commands, and they're core tenets of the faith, and he's able to respond confidently. I've done all that. He's obviously committed to righteousness. And then finally, he gets a really hard answer. Jesus' response is rough. Um, I'm not very rich, and Jesus' response is rough for me. Sell everything, give it to the poor. You mean everything? Like, all of it? Yes. I think I might have walked away sad that day, too, if I'm honest with myself. Um, I would have struggled with that. It was a hard answer. And then he didn't argue. He accepted Jesus' teaching... He knew who he was speaking to, and he walked away sad. He knew that what he heard was truth. Uh So with all those things being said, I think the rich young ruler deserves a little more credit than we often give him. We also don't know the end of his story, and I say that because the beginning of my story is very similar to him. So I was raised Baptist. Um, There's a big red church in McKeesport was talking about a little earlier with the Tyrese, I think we yeah. said. I remembered. Um, that was going to be embarrassing if I didn't. There is a microphone here. Um, <laughs> but um, on the like on the top of the hill in McKeesport there's this big red church on the corner. It was literally about three houses down from my house and we were there. Honestly, we were there more often than I go to church now. Uh, we were there a lot. Um, and I was often the reason for that. I would wake my parents up for church. I would like they're doing this thing tonight. Can I go? I would remind my dad to pray for the food. I had this like 365 bedtime Bible stories, coloring bookslash like little kids' Bible thing that I loved. Like it was falling apart more than my Bible is now. This Bible's kind of new, but it was like I loved God. There was a joke that I was going to become a preacher. <laughs> um, here we are. <laughs> um, and. Um, I just loved God Um, I I tried to keep these commands as I shared earlier I wasn't the most successful have grace on me please Um, but I I legitimately the, the idea of Jesus who he was him dying for my sins the community that we had in our church the friends that I made I loved God from a young age when I was about let's say 11 10 I don't know when the other boys started looking at the other girls I did not I was looking at the other boys Like I said I was raised Baptist um, That was rough Because I was raised Being told In church, this church that I loved That all gay people were going to go to hell There was no road for them and That was the end Period Go home And so I would find myself at the altar every Sunday begging God to change this. Eventually, I stopped praying and I walked away sad. Um, I walked away into hopelessness, depression, fear, alcoholism by 14. Um, A life that was like just sad. Like I walked away sad because my hope, this thing that I hoped in, was hard. But the thing that was being asked of me felt impossible. Yeah. Um, and so I look at this passage and I look at what Jesus is asking him and I can relate. Yeah. Um, and I can relate to his response because I remember how hard it was. Um, I think Jesus, what Jesus says next says a lot. What Jesus says next... Shows a lot of Jesus' character, a lot of Jesus' heart on this issue, um, but a lot about how we should approach things like this. Um, In verse 24, we continue, and it says, Seeing that he became sad, Jesus said, How hard is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Once again, this is a passage I've read a thousand times. I've read it in this, like studying out what discipleship is, what it is to be a Christian. We've read it for contribution. We've read it to like guilt trip people into giving to missions. We've, you know, like, we've, you, we know this passage. Uh, um, but I, for the first time, looked at this and read it in a more Jesus-like voice, which was dripping with compassion. Like he looks at this man and he goes, how hard is it? He knew what he was asking was hard. He, like, he knew, he knew that what he was asking was difficult, but he also knew the worth of what he was offering. He, he did not compromise on it at all. Like he was like he was like, this is hard. I love you. That's why I love the Mark 10, is it says I love this man, and because I love him, I will not compromise it. Because if I compromise it, he won't make it. Yeah. <laughs> he knew the worth of what he was offering, and I loved that. Um, and so we continue my story when I'm 21, freshman year of college. And I get reached out to on campus, just like many of you. Um, two guys, names will mean nothing to you, Brandon and Sky, best friends. There's this fountain on campus where everyone who was drunk, high, whatever went and hung out after we got drunk, high, whatever. I was drunk, I didn't do drugs, but I liked alcohol a lot. Um, that was my sin. It was my coping mechanism. It was my, my sadness. Um, and these two decided that those people deserved to be reached out to, too. As a rule, a lot of the campus ministry actually avoided this area. We often do avoid these areas. If there's wisdom in that. Um, but praise God for these two who decided that those people needed to be reached out to. They, came, they walked up to me, and I was desperate for friends. So I was a 21-year-old freshman on a college campus. I repeat those facts. I was a 21-year-old freshman on a college campus. I was invited to every party for all the wrong reasons. Because um, I could bring the alcohol. Like that was, so I had lots of friends, but no friends at all. And I was lonely, and I still had this anger towards God of, if you don't want me, then I don't want you. And these people came reaching out to me, inviting me to church. But they talked to me first. They were friends with me first. And I really liked them. And they weren't asking me to buy alcohol. They weren't asking me. They just wanted to be my friend, if they like. And so I put on my church face, the face that had hidden it all of my childhood. And I, I said, yeah, I'd love to come. That was a lie. Um anyways they started studying the Bible with me church faced me I had all the right answers like I said Anthony loved his Bible as a kid Anthony knew his Bible Anthony would get into theological arguments with his parents I, I knew my word and I knew the right answers and so I went through these studies and then I got invited to a retreat this is tell as old as time we know this story Um, I got invited to this retreat and I encountered the cross for the first time like the real cross the joy set before him cross and there was this lesson called To the Seekers and it talked about how for the joy set before him Jesus endured the cross but then it talked about you were the joy set before him And my story drips with abandonment issues and abuse and being unwanted. I'm happy to sit down and share a cup of coffee. We do not have time for that today. Um, But to hear that the creator of the universe was quite literally willing to die to know me Um, was something that deserved a response. And so I came to them with tears in my eyes, finally telling them the truth. And they sat down with me and opened up a passage that started off really rough. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it. 1 Corinthians 6. I'll never forget this day. Um, um, Starting in verse 9. It says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Rough start. Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people. Idolaters, adulterers, or males who have sex with males. No thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. And I stood up and closed my Bible. Because I thought they were telling me what I had heard my entire life. And the guy said, sit back down and keep reading. I said, okay. I was... A little taken aback, but I said, okay. And he said, and some of you used to be like this. But you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. And he said, your problems are not new to God. Your issues, are. this won't be the first time he delivers someone from it. It won't be the last. There is hope. And with that being said, we continue in our, in, our, in our passage. And this is why I say I relate so much. Because in 26, the disciples respond. And they say, then who can be saved? Yeah. <laughs> like, if, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, right. hmm, right. Those are the righteous people. He... He got the list. He checked all the boxes. What he was, what, who can be saved? Right. Wow. And he says, then Jesus said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Right. Yeah. And that is just the story of this. I think, and this is, the title of the lesson is First Things First. When I, fo- when I was focused on me, I have to change this. I have to do this. I have to be different. I like to move. I'm so sorry. I hope it's picking up. Um, When I focused on me, when the rich young ruler focused on what he had, I imagine this rich young ruler, I was talking with Sam about this this morning, Fowler, not Williams. Sorry, there's multiple of you. There might be more, but those are two I know. Um, But um, I was talking with him this morning, and I was just like, I don't know this rich young ruler, but I know rich people today, and I imagine he's like, my wife is ticked at me because I'm working all the time. She's one foot out the door. I have no friends anymore. I don't have time for them. I'm constantly, like, this is all I have, and you want me to sell it? What do I have then? It felt, it probably felt impossible to him. I think Jesus said this for a reason, and he's like, when you like, yeah, for man, this isn't going to go well. You try to do this without me. Wow. Yes. It's, it ain't going to work. I'll, I'll be straight up. Jesus is, Jesus is so blunt here. I think it's because we're about two passages from, two chapters from him getting arrested. He's like, I'm, this, is the, this is the end. I need y'all to know what I'm saying. Without me, it ain't going to work, period. But with God. Man. All things are possible. Yeah. And then he makes a promise. And this promise I hold on to every walk of my day with, of my walk with God. Every day of my walk with God. There we go. English is hard after you've tried to speak Russian. In Russian, the order of the words don't matter. It's kind of cool. Um, the word, you just have to get them all there, and they figure it out. It's kind of like, <laughs> figure it out. And so I've adopted that into my English. It doesn't work as well. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> But I hold on to this every day of my walk with God. And it says, So he said to them, Truly I tell you, like, let's be real. Let me shoot straight with you. There is no one who has left house, wife, brothers or sisters, parents or children because of the kingdom of God who will receive many times as much at this time. Sorry, I'm checking my time. I tend to go long. Who receive many times more at this time, and eternal life in the age to come. Wow. This is a double-fold promise. Yeah. Sometimes we think you're going to receive many more in heaven. Yeah. That ain't what he says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says There like. This goes back to he knew the value of what he was offering, right. so he felt okay with the price that he had set. Yeah. He knew he was like there's there's no one. There is not a person that will come that will, that will not get so much more than I could ever ask him for and I love that he leaves us with that promise here so I ask you guys if Jesus was standing in front of you and you had your checklist ready, my checklist is short just so you all know, I, I got a couple things that I've done <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that God doesn't care about my credentials because my resume is pathetic. Um, but if He sat in front of you right now, what would He ask? What would be the one thing? What's that one thing? Is it your job? Yes. Is it your your career? the things that you're setting in place now for your future? Is it your home? It's on here. I remember wrestling as I decided to be a missionary because I sold everything. The plows were burned. (laughs) And I remember counting the cost. Is this worth it? What if this only lasts a year? It did. Um, do I have anything to come back to? I didn't. Um, and so, but it was worth it. I gained so much more in that year than I did, than I sold. I've found this promise true time and time again, and so I challenge you guys today: put that thing up against the promise. Test God at his word. Because I have done it a couple times now and been blown away by the results. I'm so grateful you guys allowed me to come and share the word with you guys. I love the word of God so much. It is incredible and it never returns back empty. Um, With all that being said, um, I'm actually going to close this in a prayer. Um, I challenge you guys to put first things first. First put God where he belongs and let everything else fall second and, and watch this, this story unfold in a really incredible way um, dear God you're amazing you blow me away constantly, you blow me away consistently I'm so grateful for the hospitality of the disciples here as they've had me here this weekend um, the continued hospitality that has been promised over these next couple of weeks or a couple of days wow maybe that was prophecy um, but God you are amazing you you do ask a lot of us I don't think there's anything you didn't deny it I won't deny it the, the the cost is set but you offer so much more you give so much more and we are so grateful for the partnership that you welcome us into God that you walk with us that you don't ask us to do it alone And that as long as we walk in step with you, you promise that these things are possible. Um, We pray all these things in your incredible name. Amen.